Level Up Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 20 of the Level Up Latina podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the expectations that are put on us as first-generation Latina women and how those hold us back and both personally and professionally. And we have lots of lots of stories to share with you all. Lots of love. Thank you for joining us today. Very cool. This topic resonates with all three of us. One thing that I wanted to mention about just expectations, you know, living at home after college, which I did, and I was at home until I got married. And it's crazy because our moms expect us to, you know, be home at a certain time. Something funny too was that I was already engaged and it was like a month before getting married. I, you know, I was spending the night at Luis's, we were doing wedding stuff and just spending the night. And one time my mom called me and she was like, Oye, tú, este, nomás quiero que me digas una cosa. ¿Dónde vives tú? ¿Aquí? ¿Aquí o allá? And I'm just like, here, like, you know. Mom, like, como like, la María, ni de aquí ni de allá. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, really? I'm 30. I was, what? I was 33 when I got married. Yeah. Like, mira, tengo el anillo, like, la bodas en dos semanas, or, you know, whatever it was. But it was just, you know, those little things that our moms still expect us to live by. And it's because of tradition. It's because of, you know, being Catholic. Y que va a decir la gente. So those are just some of the things that I think about when we talk about first generation and the expectations that people have of us well i was i'm the last to get married of the three of us i've mentioned previously i've been very open sharing about my previous relationships there aren't many but one of them i was in an engagement but it just mm -hmm. seemed like the right thing this is when my parents it, i felt like it would make everyone else very happy like finally okay first off my cousin would stop saying that was gay and i didn't care if they said it because <laughs> i knew how it was in my life it didn't matter to me but i just thought it was funny that because i wasn't in a relationship it made me a specific you know that it, it made me gay according to them but they laugh it off they still crack up and then i was engaged because i felt my parents were happy it brought joy to them like oh my god finally you know they don't get i was the last of my of my siblings Oh, I'm the youngest. I'm the last of them to get married and have children. So my parents became grandparents very early on with my sister. My sister got married very, very young. I mean, that's like their perfect example of how this first generation expectation also being the first in the family. It's very different how the expectations also change because ya se van acoplando a lo que es la vida aquí en los Estados Unidos or whatever it is, you know? And then every child pushes the limits and the boundaries a little different and they learn different things because every child is different they bring different kind of uh, experiences into this family life. So for my sister, she was the eldest and she's older than me that by seven years, which is pretty significant. That's a, a decent number. And she got married at the age of 18. She was about to turn 19. Next thing you know, it's her wedding in October. And then in December, she turns 19. She has her first baby by the time she turns right before she turns 20 the following year. So she has my niece at, at you know, in November. And then she had her three kids back to back in a sense of like almost, they're almost about two years apart, each one of them. So now they're grown young ladies. And then my parents were like, okay, well, these kids are there that quenched their thirst for the grandparenthood. And then my brother got married and his, his relationship was a little bit different, right? So my sister had a boyfriend. He would only come visit to the house. They couldn't go out together. And then when they started able to go out after she was 15, 16, then they had to take me along, bring someone along to this date, 
when my brother started dating, he was the first to move away from the house. So my brother's six years older than I am. In that example, he moved away to college. He's up in Berkeley. He's nowhere near the house. He'll come and visit occasionally when he can do either Thanksgiving, the Christmas break, spring break. That's if he didn't go to Rosarito to go, you know, have a good time. That was different, but he was also the guy. So the expectation was a little bit different there too. When it came down to him getting married, he lived with his girlfriend first. And for her, it was a little bit of a challenge. They had to go talk to the parents. We have the idea of marriage for later, but as of now, you know, this is our commitment to one another. And she ended up moving, you know, her parents were very traditional, so but she ended up, their parents were like, fine, mm -hmm. we'll allow for it. And moved back to, you know, she was in Santa Barbara at the moment, moved back to the Oakland and they lived together. When they got engaged, she happened to get pregnant with my nephew, the first one with Harit. Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. after that, they're like, oh, well, we're going to have the baby first and then we'll have the wedding. But with them, like, since mm -hmm. it wasn't my brother that was having the child, the, the issue wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. They're like, oh, no problem. Oh, that's great. You're going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And everyone was super happy. I'm sure with her, her side of the family was probably like, what? Oh, my God, you're not even married yet. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she faced some, some sort of, uh, of that. So by the time I came along and I started having a boyfriend and they're like, oh, but I brought a boyfriend around. Wow. Okay. So this is serious. And it just felt like the next step that was expected of me was the marriage part. So when the proposal happened, I was like, you know what? This is a good guy. I, lo I love him. I care about him. And I, I could see that we can make it work in that sense, right? We can be married. So I said, yes. And then within a year, I was just like, oh, my God, ¿qué hago? I don't know how to call it off. But everyone was so excited, not just my parents, because I was going to get married and finally start having babies. But it was everyone, my entire family, like my uncles they are like, oh, finally, you know, Gabriela set such a good example for all the rest of the women. Gabriela being my sister. Pressure, pressure. I felt bad for my sister once I heard that. Here I am listening to my uncles, like telling my dad, like, oh, it was finally, your, you know, one daughter said such a good example. The next one's following in her footsteps. You know, all this kind of stuff, like be like them. And I'm like, that sucks. Because also once I started questioning whether I wanted to get married or not, I was like, ¿Qué van a decir? Dude, can I, can I go, can I follow through with this? Can I go through with getting married? And honestly, I, at the end of the day, I couldn't. So I you, called man. it off. So everyone was surprised. But dude, that pressure is real. It really is so real. It's not like I wanted to put myself in a position to go out and date and find new people. It was more like, I just know this isn't the right thing for me. So I need to, I need to call it off. Being so hard, I think at the end of the day, my parents were like, okay, we're glad you did that because then what would have happened in a year? what would have happened in that year or two years. And let's say there were babies involved. It probably wouldn't have been easy to just move on. So then we would have been stuck in this kind of relationship where we're both unhappy. We're maybe not with the person we want to be with, but we're there because of our children or our families. That's, yeah. that's hard. And I hope that not many people have to go through that. So I think yeah. it's very prevalent in our culture where it happens that we ended up in relationships from being married when we're still so unsure and we still have so much we want to accomplish, but then it's the expectation. So obviously we all kind of grew up with expectations put on us that were different than the expectations put on our brothers that'll talk on that. I had four older brothers, so I got to see very, very frequently how there was a double standard for what a guy could do, what a girl could do. And my family, no qualms about it. But then we talked about it in another podcast. We then go off and go to college. So our mindset changes so much. Talk about being conflicted. Suddenly we understand as women our place and our rights and how we really don't need to raise boys and girls differently. But that's a very American, a very modern sentiment. Now our Latino parents, they don't care about that really. You know, they're doing the best they can. They know what they know. So when we talked about the personal, you know, they 
put us, I think, as women on a different path to be mothers by default, to be married young by default, to give them grandkids by default. It's a lot of pressure. And then men are looked at and it's understood if they're out there chasing their careers or working hard. Or in my case, my mom really glorifies hard work. And I think it's great. It's fortunate, but it's also unfortunate because, oh, the men is the man is working hard. So then they're kind of allowed to be dicks too. You know what I mean? Like women, we have to be in the kitchen and you you shouldn't talk back or you shouldn't be like, I was like, you say, growing up, I kind of always didn't like that. I didn't like that. My mom was like the last to sit down because she wanted to calentar tortillas for all the men. It's like this weird, the man is someone that you end up like taking care of. And we just have to break away from that. And you kind of learn that through college and relationships and you're trying to break away from that. It sounds great to be in a marriage and to have a union, but when it's created in a way that's kind of rooted in machismo, rooted in there's an imbalance men are here and women are here and like don't even get me started on the career thing like it's funny we're we're meant to have careers but to a point for my mom it's always really interesting because i think she thinks entrepreneurship is like a magical dream it's like what's your real job this podcast is about what holds you back personally and professionally well as women all these expectations all this pressure all this comparison to your siblings but as men and women so for the men listening to this to have a traditional job, there's so much pressure on us Latinos to go be a doctor, go be a lawyer, go make money. Yeah. You have to have a real job. My mom asks me all the time, did you already get to work? Did you leave work? Whenever I call her, is Diego at work? Mm-hmm. Like checking on my husband, making sure he's oh, yeah. at And Diego's an entrepreneur. Yeah. He works from home. He sees his clients. Sometimes he's casual and it drives my mom crazy, I'm sure. No, he doesn't have a real job. He doesn't have a real job. Yes, level yeah. up Latina. This is a beautiful business that we're building. But if my mom understands that I'm podcasting from my bedroom right now that's crazy to her <laughs> you are yeah. talking to girls and you're on the phone like what right. is this about podcasting it's that loca yeah so gosh yeah. talk about the pressure to try to be different to try to create something different to try to right. even if your parents are not going to understand you like girl if you're listening to this follow your entrepreneur dream i hope yeah. that you have yeah parents that support you i hope that you have siblings that support you but if you don't and you're misunderstood please get around people that can support you because even being an entrepreneur is the opposite of a lot of times what our parents want from us yes i mean i can tell you that that that's happening to me right now like i'm gonna go you know recording on my programa like I have tías here in Mexico who have asked me, like one in particular who has said, oye, pero pues tú tanto que estudiaste y tanto que te, you know, te fregaste, you know, you worked your butt off to be a lawyer and, what, you know, why aren't you doing that? And I was like, because I chose to take a break of, from doing that. I haven't stopped being a lawyer. I'm a lawyer. I'm, I'm licensed. Mm-hmm. I'm active. I'm doing that. Yes. And I'm doing this level of Latina. That's my job right now. That's what I'm doing. I'm estoy haciendo mi programa con las muchachas and that's what I'm doing. Pero como que no les... No les entra, like, they don't get it. You know, and I, I get it. They're old school, más tradicionales, not believing that work can be done remotely. Yes. You know, they don't understand that concept. It's like, pues, no estás en una oficina. Like, you tú eres abogado, tienes que estar en una oficina, en un despacho. Like, no, I can, I can actually do legal work remotely. I'm doing Level of Latina now. They're like, oh, el trabajo no se puede hacer así. Tiene que ser de, tra- de esa manera. So it's yeah. just how they, they also just... The expression of what work is. I'm just like, man, yeah. we're just filled with these expectations. Let me do me, man. 
we're just rooted in so much judgment and that's every culture across the board but i know that for us and i think the part that holds us back is we're so afraid to be judged by our parents we're so afraid to disappoint our parents we're afraid to disappoint the people in our lives that are expecting us to live a certain way based on sometimes what they don't even know nowadays it's very modern to work remotely and it's only going to become more modern because of technology and i think it's our jobs to enlighten people try not to feel judged by it and to show them that it can be differently done and that that doesn't mean that you're not successful that doesn't mean that you're not winning because it looks different but boy are we gonna have to fight the good fight like i'm i'm saying to everybody basically that's listening don't be ashamed of doing it differently and being kind of a trailblazer in your family and that has to do with career and that has to do with marriage i'm gonna bring up the d word not dick but divorce dinero? Like, oh. <laughs> dinero. Yeah. no like like honestly divorce is such a taboo still in our culture and that's oh, another place right? like don't be afraid to trailblaze and don't stay in relationships that are not meant for you and holding you back because no one in your family maybe has gotten divorced i come from a family yeah. where divorce isn't prevalent and then i suddenly had a brother who did get divorced and i saw all the judgment that he got i also saw that mm -hmm. everyone Everyone blamed the woman. I also saw that too. Of course, it was her. She happens to not be Latina. So, of course, it was so easy to throw oh, the, yeah. the Caucasian woman yeah. under the bus because she's not a good, faithful woman. And I thought, what the hell? Like, what are those mis mixed signals for our Latina girls that they're going to stay in a marriage just because they're going to stay in a marriage to be a good, faithful woman? Like, my oh, goodness. No, no, no. And this is happening today. This is happening now. And all this pressure to stay married even or to stay in relationships that aren't working because you're doing the right thing or in careers that you're not happy in because you're doing the right thing i was gonna say i think it a lot of it has to do because of our deep catholic traditions the casas una vez y es para toda la vida hasta que la muerte no se pare and i think that's very it's it's deeply rooted in our culture and i think but as soon as the word divorce comes up, like, no, no, vayan a confesarse, vayan con un padre, go talk to a priest, you know, you guys can fix this and stay because of the kids. No, don't stay because of the kids. You'd rather have kids watching you fight 24-7 than being parents separately, amicably. I love it. I like to tell people this all the time. You got to stick it out. You can't just quit, no matter what culture yeah. you're from, no matter what culture you're from. And I think I have like, the moral authority to say that. Like, you've got to work hard to stay in a marriage long term, but you also cannot be staying in the marriage for anyone else. The pressure they put on you or the expectations they put on you or the religious aspect of it, because honestly, you're going to be miserable. I heard the best thing from somebody, one of my Guatemalan rel relatives through marriage. He was talking about how he was in a difficult relationship, but they were trying to make it work, especially in Guatemala. I just being in the thick of it and being traditional and having gotten married at the Catholic Church that they were trying to stay together for their sake of their kids but they were practically roommates they couldn't tolerate each other and their kids mm -hmm. never the kids never saw them being tender with one another yeah. in a relationship in a dynamic where you're not loving with your spouse because behind the scenes truly you're not in love with your spouse you're struggling with your spouse our amazing cousin, he happens to be male, he realized like, I gotta work this out and I've, I've got it for the sake of my kids, exit mm -hmm. the marriage, enter another relationship down the road, not right away, but hopefully both of us enter different relationships to at least show our kids the example of tenderness and love and what it's like to be loved. Like my daughter can't watch me while I respect her mom and, and I'm a respectful guy, but can't watch me not be cariñoso, hacerle un cariño, yeah. you know, be loving. Mm -hmm because we're in love really truly behind the scenes and that was really powerful for me because i was so proud of this cousin and i thought man if i think i have pressure back in the states he's got a lot of pressure here to make it work and what is everybody yeah. gonna say and think but he really thought to the really granular level with his kids and thought i can't raise my kids in a situation that is fake 
to do what is quote unquote right. And I just, yeah. I admire that so much. And we learn it. Yeah, the kids, we learn, we learn it. We see it and we're just like, okay, we don't, we try to understand like, okay, in movies, how is it that you can tell when the couple loves each other, when they touch each other and they're like, oh, you can tell their family and these parents love each other and they love their kids and they tell their kids, I love you. So all of these things, like for me, I'm, I'm the most recently married. Even before uh, Otto and I got married, we had conversations about our beliefs in marriage. He comes from a family, like his parents were are divorced. And I know that not only the divorce was hard on them, like it was actually something that were like finally in a sense, but it made mm -hmm. me made them realize like, oh my God, my mom finally decided that this is the best thing. But overall, we both believe that divorce is your, our last option. Like it's not really, you know, it's one of those things where if we're getting married, this is forever. Right. And that's how we're going into it. And not in the sense of like forever and, and let it be like, okay, you're okay to mess up. I'm okay to mess up and treat each other like shit. No, it's more of a, we're going to go into it every day, consciously knowing that we're going to try to be the best we can with one another and be open with one another and trust each other and, and share 95%, you know, of our, of, of who we are with one another, what, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what we've experienced. But if it gets to a point that, it's not something we can work out. Like if we reach something, let's say we have an issue and it's something we cannot work out, that'll be something that we have to consider, you know, later down the line where it's like, hey, it seems like we're not able to work this out. What is it? Not all things lead to divorce, but always I think you have to kind of really think about what the situation is. What is the issue? And is it fixable? Can we figure it out? We all make mistakes. We're human. We're not perfect. Who knows what will happen down the line? But if it, your marriage has to be seen in, in a sense of if something were to happen, can we work through it? And if we can't, then what's the next deal, mm -hmm. the next step? Mm -hmm. But you constantly put in work, like Irene said, it's not an easy thing. It's not just handed to us and like, hey, here you go, marriage and happiness for the rest of your life. No, because life is happening. We're experiencing, we're growing, we're we're learning different things. So now, what are we bringing to this relationship? And if and if it's it's not growing together, then there's some you know there's going to be some disagreements. But at the end of the day, if it's not fixable, then there's your problem. But at the end of the day, you have to work at it before you immediately turn to yeah, the turn in the town. You have to work hard. Absolutely. You have to work hard at anything. That's anything worth having. You're going to have to work hard at. And sometimes you work hard and you still don't win the championship game. And that's okay. It doesn't take away from the experience. I heard the best thing about divorce recently with uh, an author. I've talked about her before, Esther Perel. She's so good. You got to read her books. She has great uh, TED Talks, but her really insightful views on divorce really celebrate what a marriage was. You, you don't have to give up the 15 years that worked, the 20 years that worked, the 30 years that worked. There's a lot of good in that. So if you look at a marriage as like, whoa, those are the best times of, of my life and honor them. Now we've changed and now we've moved on and we figured out we couldn't work this one thing out, but honor when maybe you were raising kids or having babies together or when it did work. So anybody that's going through a separation right now, my tip of the day, and anybody that's supporting someone else going through a separation right now, do not feel like a failure though granted, that's easier said than done. But if you wanna not feel like a failure, I think it's a great idea to get come together with your partner, come together with the closest people in your family and try to shift that perspective to understand. Look, if it's over, it's over, but it wasn't all bad. Like the saying goes, mm -hmm. don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And the marriage, when it lasted, it was there had to have been beautiful moments. There had to have been great right. times. You accomplished something. You can think back on that. So to all my soul sisters getting separated or divorced, and that's the right thing for you. you you can also celebrate a tip of the day is tell your family that whether they agree or not that you're going to celebrate what worked that you're not going to leave bitter and resentful and then live and regret the rest of your life you have to honor what already happened and what you've already lived 
and separation is the next step, but honor what you lived together and how beautiful it was and how magical all those moments were. And then you can feel good. You can leave a relationship with your head held high. And if the very least, the people in your life know that you're coming from a place of gratitude for what was there mm -hmm. and not regret for what is different moving forward. And go out there and find yourself the relationship that will work. That's the beautiful part. Go be in the relationship that is meant to be your relationship for the next chapter of your life. Right. And I think also with that, with that being said, like a lot of times we, we find ourselves in a position where we're like, oh my God, I'm getting separated from the person that I love, the person I gave up so much for. I didn't go, I, I gave up on my professional life, on my career mm -hmm. life. I gave up on this. We think that only now can we go pursue it. If you're happily married now and you're thinking, I want to go back to school, I want to go back and do this or restart my career do it it's never too late and if you're in a position where you're unhappy with your partner then you know what it start it's time to start taking action hey i'm i'm not happy with my situation let me make the decision and move on uh, and separate and then also i've been unhappy because i haven't been true to myself i've wanted to accomplish all these other things that i put in the back burner because family was so important to me but now i'm starting to realize hey i'm important to my dreams my goals and being able to move forward now is it's 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 okay it's a great idea move on and do it don't hold yourself back because of oh i can't leave this person i've been with i spent so much time there i gave up so much for them it's mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you can't move on. you can and if you decide to work things out with this person go for it but now going forward also be true to yourself and start doing the things that you want to do you want to want to go back Ask your partner to be a supportive. Hey, you know what? I think that I will be happier if I were to have your support doing this. And I need you to mm -hmm. be there for me. And mm -hmm. that is the beauty of having that partnership, right? That that person that's there for you, whether it be a man or a woman, whoever you decided to be your partner in life, and having their full support and them understanding you, a lot of the times things don't get resolved because we don't communicate. We don't share what we're really thinking, what we're really feeling. We feel trapped or we feel we're not growing. That even though we're by human nature, we are constantly growing and changing. We're not giving ourselves those opportunities because we start being resentful because we, we gave up so much, but we're not able to share it. So if we don't share it. We can't change and we can't have the support of those people around us. But girl, it's never too late. Dude, it's never too late. It's it's anytime you can you can make a difference in, you can, in your own life. And, and the last forward. the last thing you want to do is look back and think. I did it for somebody else. Like I did, I stayed in this relationship for somebody else because of the first generation pressure, because of the mom or the grandma or the dad or their expectations. The last thing you want to think is, I didn't go back to school because what was put on me was the pressure of suddenly I was a homemaker. I had kids. Mm -hmm. I, or whatever you become because you're on this route that being first generation sometimes puts us on to check off these boxes and live this life, your goals and dreams then fall to the wayside. That's what you're saying. That are like all the things you then didn't do mm -hmm. because you're on this path that it sometimes isn't your path so you're gonna have to rebel a little bit and stay on the course and stay on your path and if your partner is the one that's way too traditional and way too stuck in his ways because maybe he's influenced by upbringing in a way that isn't impacting you that's a coffee yes. right y'all better yeah. be willing to go into it and y'all better be willing to work with that together and kind of yeah. modernize and break free and break away because the mother-in-law at the end of the day and the father-in-law the sister the brother the neighbor i know that as latinos it's like oh 
we're so worried about what everybody thinks. But you are living your life mm -hmm. privately in the comfort of your home. And if the inside of your home is a war zone because you're living somebody else's life and you're afraid of their judgment, shame on you. Shame on you for having oh, yeah. to lay your head down and feel unhappy and in a uncomfortable, unhappy marriage because of what someone next door might think. Because some tia in Mexico might judge you or some <laughs> uncle that's super out of yeah. touch and has no idea. <laughs> you know, imagine like the macho uncle making you feel bad. Like, what does he know oh, about your life, honey? and about no, paying your bills nada. Like, nada que ver, yeah. nada que ver. and then, then yet we let these people judge us if i saw this really funny meme about a lady who was at the supermarket full of tattoos and someone told her oh can you really get jobs with all those tattoos on you that she said back to her isn't it good that you don't have to pay my bills Ooh. Mm -hmm. yeah. another thing that latinos a lot of our times judge tattoos for god's sakes and it's like okay i get it they're not for everybody but to then say to someone can you pay your bills because you have them well isn't it good that you don't have to pay my bills that's crazy. Yeah, our indigenous peoples were had tattoos they had piercings yes. what's the problem now yes. yo like let me you know, I got one tattoo, and my mom talks so much. I know, I, I, I know, and it's so tiny. I'm like, chill. Who made you do that, Beto? Yeah, right. That's crazy. I did it. I'm a grown up, and if I want to put a tattoo of a giraffe up my calf, I'm going to put okay. a giraffe up my calf or whatever. But how funny, right? It's so hard to sort of break away, and even yeah. something like that that's labeled. You're so right, Beto. Who they trying to blame? People over here, like I've been wanting to do it, Mambo. You never did it before. Oh, Why now? Your story of your uh, your brother and your sister in law, how it was different it, when she was pregnant. It was viewed differently from like her her family side versus your family, your brother's side. Uh, reminded me of when my sister and my brother had had, had babies, and I was just trying to get a, a, oh. approval for me to share the stories. That's why it took a while to share. But I remember my sister was nineteen when she was pregnant with her first, she's 13 now, but she was not married and the pressure was on, you know, from my mom, my dad, like, I remember my parents going over to her boyfriend's house and saying like, you know, and not even, even a week later, we find out that my brother's girlfriend, his wife now, Susie, uh, was pregnant with their first child. But, and yeah, my mom was distraught because it was her baby that was, you know, had impregnated the girlfriend, but there was no pressure there of money to get married. You know, no one said anything. We didn't go over to the girlfriend's house like we had to the boyfriend's house in my sister's case. Um, I'm, I'm saying we because my mom made me go. Like, oh, my escape. God. Oh, and my God. Your mom was probably like, I'm going to mortify Ceci right now. She ain't doing this to me, too. I know. Oh, I know. I, and I remember, yeah. Example, you've been the oldest. You've been the oldest, right? Yeah. And then your brother. Yeah. How much older are you than your siblings? So I'm older, uh, five years older than my sister, and then eight years older than my brother. My okay, that's, my that's significant. Yeah. yeah. My sister was 19. My brother was 16. So I was, you know, and because, you know, they, again, they found, my mom found out, like, within a week. First my sister, then my brother. And, but yeah, the pressure was on my sister. My mom, I remember made her call my grandma to tell her that she was pregnant. Me still said, maybe go. 
but not on my brother. Te digo, like, na, nada que ver. Yeah, my brother was este way man is hombre. Este man is hombre, yeah, por eso. Por eso, porque era el hombre y no, no había esa presión de que te tienes que casar oh, con la muchacha, no, you know. Feo. Se llevaron a casar, you know, and they have three kids now, but again, there wasn't that pressure there at that time. Typical double standard. Just a typical double mm -hmm. standard for men versus yeah. women for what's expected of a woman, what's expected of a man, what women have to go through. I mean, I know that the majority of our listeners are women. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's not fair, and it sucks. And if you're it's still not. living at home right now, I know there's people that are living at home right now. They're older, and they're still struggling. Older in the sense that, like, maybe after college and maybe in your yeah. mid-career. And it's tough to live at home in your mid-career because your parents are hating on all of it. They're hating on the dating, on the tattoos, maybe. Or maybe, oh, yeah. you know what, we're ragging on everybody. Maybe you've got the super opposite supportive parents that maybe understand times have changed and maybe they don't pressure you into career choices that are what they think are best and if you have that situation please be there for everybody else please be the sounding board please be supportive of all the friends the majority of the friends that don't have that i knew growing up i didn't you know most of my friends had strict parents most of my friends had dads that were the traditional dad that you couldn't really talk to they didn't say i love you you know and it was really nice yeah. and refreshing to find when moms were just different i work with a girl who talks about her mom she's got two sisters and there's three girls and but the mom is actually refreshingly open and they can talk to their mom about relationships and i just all the time i'm like oh my god you're so lucky and good for you and be there for the friends that don't have that because usually we have parents that actually perpetuate the double standard and it's really hard to then try to break out of yeah. that and move out of your home and be independent even just moving out we talked about that in another episode like to live as a woman not at your home and not marry that's going to be met with conflict but it's such a liberating thing to live on your own to be a badass let's put ourselves in that situation like being a grown woman where you're still living at home uh we're we're pretty much close to our 40s grown women having gone to college being educated having good jobs having great careers we're professionals and then our parents still have a say they still want to have a say in our lives. Like, oh, you're not making enough. You know, you're not making enough. What's going on with that? You have all this, but you're not have nothing else to show for it. Or you should be doing this now. And mm -hmm. it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, how, how are you expecting me to? Like, okay, I've done everything you've asked of me, parents, so far. I went to school. I got a degree. Now I'm a professional. I'm doing well. I want, you know, I'm kicking butt at work. And now you're asking me, like, what's the next thing, you know? And then sometimes we're we're at the age that we're at. And it's like, what what else can we do? Next thing you know, we're like, we start reaching points where, like, I have to stop living the life for my parents and start making my own decisions, you know? There's someone that we know that she recently moved out of her house and um, moved in with her boyfriend. But that was like a big deal. Like she really didn't share like to her parents, like, oh, I'm moving out with the boyfriend. It was like, I'm moving out, <laughs> you know? Of course, still withholding information mm -hmm. from her parents. Like, yeah. I'm moving out with my boyfriend. And, and this young woman, she's, well, she's not, she's our age, um, close to 40, maybe already 40. But she finally decided like, I need to be home. I need to have my own space. I'm tired of my mom and my parents in my business and in my space. So she moves out. And then once she moves out, she moves in with the boyfriend. And soon after, like, they end up getting pregnant, wow. right? Mm -hmm. but then it's like, she's like, they're super happy. But she's like, I don't know how I'm going to deliver these news to my parents. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, she still has these things that the parents had convinced her of doing. Like the mom had asked her to, hey, you know what? You're making all this money. Um, you don't have your house here. But you know what? You should buy one back in, back in you know, our hometown. And they're from Central America. They're from El Salvador. And they're like, okay. So she bought this house years ago. And the mom's like, perfect. So now that she's moved out on her own, she's like, I really am, aren't making any money off this house. Maybe I should just sell it. So plans for her and her now boyfriend and the things that they want to do. 
And she goes back, tells the parents, like, hey, we have Ender La Casa. And the mom's like, what is oh, wrong man. with you? How yeah. dare you? And the thing is, the mom was upset because currently the late, the person that was helping take care of the house and living there was one of their family members. Uh, la family wow. member sin pagar. Oh gosh. Okay. Oh, and the mom's like, how dare you want to sell this house? Where are you going to leave your 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 family member to live on the on the streets? And she's like, well, she has time to figure it out. She hasn't paid <laughs> rent. All this stuff. So now all of a sudden, it's her problem. And she's like, it's not my problem. No. I'm, I'm trying to live my life, but your parents are still dictating so much of it that you have to start slowly breaking away from it. So the best first step for her was moving out. And I like give her props for that because if any of us are out there still living with our parents and. Some of us, like we said, we have some good liberal parents. Like, I think my parents have grown to become the liberal people because yep. I've pushed them there or we've pushed them there. But yeah. they're, they're like the liberal, liberal traditional parents that are like just, okay, we get it. Times are changing. But if you're mm -hmm. out there and you're living with these parents that are very traditional and they're very limiting to what you should be or controlling of your life um, and kind of setting these continuous expectations of you and you're like in your 40s. If you like that, perfect. Hey, I'm happy for you. But if you feel challenged and you're like, I need my own space, do it. Que no te de miedo. Your parents eventually will understand. Our parents are our parents and our parents love us and they want the best for us. As long as you're yeah. not out doing, moving out and doing, I don't know, some crazy stuff and you have a plan, do it. Like, I need my parents. As long as you're not <laughs> running a brothel and selling drugs at this brothel, I think your parents will come around. They will come around and they understand. They yes. will. I was going to say, yeah, they might be un poquito serios con ustedes un día o dos, but that's it. Se les pasa. A mí me pasó a mí. Remember, I was telling you guys, like, mi mamá me decía, like, ¿dónde vives aquí o allá? You know? And I'm like, okay, I'm, tengo 33 años. Like, I'm the work yeah. Like, you know? Y my mom, you know, es una mujer... Chiquita, pero picosa, like, growing yeah. up, like, yo le tenía miedo a mi mamá, yeah, yo le tenía miedo a mi mamá, mi papá no, because mi papá es un hombre de pocas palabras, mi mamá no, mi mamá sí me decía mis verdades, and, she was a strict one, right, so I, even growing up, like I said, and, or even grown-ass woman, after college, like, I was afraid to tell her, like, fuck, I'm gonna spend the night at my boyfriend's house, like, no le decía, for, for the longest time, no le decía, and I would say, like, oh, I'm gonna stay the night, at um, my friend Mayra's house in the city. Shout out to Mayra. She was my <laughs> cover up. Uh, and hasta que ya, finally, I was like, all right, me voy a quedar con Luis. Y ya, ya, como que, sí, yo creo no le pareció, but she accepted it and it was fine, so. One thing I, I wanted to say about that is, in a way, I love that you said, you know, my mom was a strong one. I think in a lot of cases, our, our moms are the strong ones. And they've actually raised us right. We're actually so strong. Like, I think I make all these wonderful decisions based on my mom's way of being. Sure, maybe she was driven by Catholic guilt. Maybe she was driven by fear and wanted the best for me. And she thought the best was having all these things and checking all these boxes. And at the end of the day, she did it right, though. Like, she still raised a really great kid. I know that I am making her proud. It may be hard for her to say that I'm making her proud if I am quitting my job to travel or I am like short selling my home because I actually don't want to be a homeowner and I'd rather live in another neighborhood and be a renter. All these things mm -hmm. that maybe work, those are good examples of like, that wasn't the path. Like she doesn't want me to be an entrepreneur. She doesn't want me to be a renter. She doesn't want me to work remotely and travel. <laughs> but I'm living my best life doing all these things yeah. that in the end, in the end, I credit my mom. I credit my mom yeah. in the end for how she raised me. Mm -hmm. She's always with me. I think like her. I made amazing decisions in college because deep down I did have her Catholic upbringing. I did have her words telling me yes. to make good decisions. Oh, with a little whole no, life. No, it's okay. Don't get, don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I did my hoeing. But yeah. my point is, 
it was real, re- yeah. it was real responsible hoeing. That also the point is my exactly. mama. Responsible hoeing. That's, that's, that's my point. I'm not gonna tell my mama. It really was. I'm not gonna tell my mama like she was always in the back of my mind. The point <laughs> is they raise us. They really do ingrain good in us. And if it's religion, if it's tradition and if it's family and it doesn't look how they may have expected it to look and for everybody listening i want you to know that get used to it Mm -hmm. i get used to it because Mm -hmm. i struggle with that to this day that i know my mom in some way she looks at me and she thinks that i'm failing because she might define it as failing if i don't for instance own a property that my kids live in but i love living where i live and i this is a very expensive neighborhood to buy in and i know i've made the decision i'm going to be a renter forever here because i love my kids being raised here i love where i live and if my mom defines it as a failure that's her opinion that's her judgment and at the end of the day i still know she's proud of me and she comes over and she sees my kids excelling like it's this weird marriage with having done what they want but not doing it the way they want and don't mm-hmm. internalize and don't tell yourself you're fail your failure if it doesn't look how they want it to look is it truly what you want then you're succeeding mm-hmm. so get comfortable with it to all of our people listening like that's the sooner you get comfortable with being uncomfortable as we like to say the more likely you are to succeed the sooner you are comfortable with being uncomfortable other people's judgment being a different person because your goals are just different, living a different lifestyle. When I was traveling for a whole year, we moved, you know, four weeks or six weeks or three months. And every time we moved, it was uncomfortable. It was a new place. It was a new home. It was a new neighborhood. It was a new accent. It was a new everything, a new currency. And what we learned as we were moving is the quicker we got comfortable being uncomfortable, the more we adapted and enjoyed a new place. And so life is like that. You're going to continue to be in an uncomfortable zones because you're growing and just get comfortable with it. And your parents' judgment may never go away and their expectations may never go away. But are you happy? Are you happy? look in the mirror and are you happy if you're happy then that judgment has to sort of float away and you have to truly live with you're not going to change people's perspective you're just not so more power to you for rebelling baby rebel yes tell yourself look in the mirror i'm happy yes Ceci's like, I'm doing me. I love me. I'm happy. Like, Estoy haciendo mi programa en mis pijamas. I'm happy. I'm so happy. I know. No son mis pijamas. Look at mm-hmm. You look good. Ooh, great mom jeans. Wow. I love these mom jeans. Love it, love it, love it. And we're never going to stop being our parents' our parents' babies. Never. I mean, we can't help it. Um, I'm like, I look at our, my kids now, and they're little ones. They're little, tan chiquititos, but I'm, I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to stop seeing them like that. No. Now I understand. Now I see how, you know, our parents just don't want to let us go. But at yeah. the end of the day, we grow up. And the best thing is of, of spreading our wings and flying. You know, showing your parents that they did a good job. Go out there and claim your little space in the sky, girls. Tu vuela, vuela, you know, sin miedo. Y siempre echale ganas because, I mean, your parents work so hard. Now show them. Show them that they, they did a great job and do things for you now. In your yeah. way. Don't let don't let relationships hold you back. Don't let career choices hold you back. Don't let people's judgment hold you back. You got to get after it, guys. And we've learned the hard way. And we've learned also the rebellious way. And at the end of the day, they will love us. So, yeah. Ceci, are you yeah. crying? It looks like you're crying. Yeah. Are we, are we, really? Are you crying? <laughs> oh, Pero, like, you know, just like watching your kids grow and then just like thinking of your parents, like just like, you know. We were we complained when we were growing up, like, oh, they're so strict, my parents, you know, but they did a great job. Like, look at us three, like, we're fucking amazing women and just thinking that. And then what Vero said, like, you know, we're watching our little kids grow and we're always going to see them that way. So I'm just thinking of, like, you know, the girls and, like, they're growing up so fast. So, 
It's so crazy. Like last night, um, little little Joaquin fell asleep in his car seat when we got home after dinner. And Otto, Gali, and I were in the bed. And I changed into her PJs. And we just, we normally don't have time for just us three, right? But since little Joaquin was asleep, I'm like, I'm not going to move him until I'm ready to go to bed. And I'm sitting there and I'm changing Gali. And she's being so loving, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, imagine Otto, like one day she's going to be 20. And I go, yeah. And I'm like, hopefully she's talking to us. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. he's like, don't count on that. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, we don't know what's going to happen at that point. Count on it. He's like, but it's like, you know, yeah, I'm counting on it. But he's like, our, he's like, our job is to love her, love her and give her all this love. Now, if she, if later on she decides that she is going to love us and like give us, you know, be our friend, be, be in our lives and, and kind of be back. He's like, we, we can't count on it. But at least we're going to do everything we can to to make sure that, that that does happen. You know, he's like, but as of now, our, our job as a parent is to just give all the love we can. And we hope to get it in return later. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a hopeful thing. And it's all about love when you're misunderstood, when your kids are growing up, you regañas, and then you regret regañándolos. And then, I know, I know. Uh, and then when your mom loves you to death or judges you to death, it's all love. <laughs> it really, it really warms my heart that I could see you, that you're, that we know that you're crying. I love that. I just love how you are overcome by emotion. That's so beautiful. Next time, don't do it quietly. Let us know. It's so chill. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. Wait a minute. We have honor this moment. She's crying. It was beautiful. What you said was beautiful. What you said that it was beautiful. And I, I hope that others can um, understand that we come from love too. And we just hope to share the love a little labor of love. So I think that that culminates. Let's leave it with this year. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, listening to our listeners that come back. Time and time again, you can always find us online at Level Up Latina. That's either on Facebook or Instagram. You can email us at admin at leveluplatina.com. That's admin at leveluplatina.com. If you want to learn more about our services, if you're just interested about any of the stories we told today, topics that you want us to cover, a lot of times all of our clients and friends and followers come to us with really great ideas. In fact, this came to us today from a loyal listener and their experience. So thank you for that. Continue to keep the conversation going we love you guys we love each other saludos a todos fight the good fight ciao ciao everybody thanks for listening today go ahead up level up ladies